0: Good morning. Good morning. There you go. There you go. And I'm so excited to be here. And I know, I appreciate the applause and all that. But I have to be thankful to you, and I'm going to tell you why in just a minute. For those of you who are unaware of what Berea Ministries is, let me just throw up a slide real quick so you can see kind of a little bit of what Berea Ministries is. Many of you probably identify that blue logo there, that Camp Berea. Camp Berea was incepted back in 1945, and over the course of time, we've added on several camps and even a, a regional event tarp, type of ministry to us. So Camp Monadnock is a camp that we just added on this last year, uh, down by Mount Monadnock, so that's part of our family now too, Camp Monadnock, and then Camp Careth over in Maine, uh, and Mount Monadnock, I should say, is right there, right next to Mount Monadnock, Camp Monadnock is right there. And then uh, Camp Carith is over in Maine, right between Sanford and Biddeford, if you know that area. And then Greenhouse, you can see right there, <clears throat> that is part of our regional event ministry, stuff that we do offsite. And all this came really because actually GBC was one of the communities, one of the churches, one of the churches that came together to found Camp Aria, that ultimately came really ultimately turned out to become what this is right now. And so I just want to say, thank you for the job. (laughs) Like, I mean, I wouldn't have a job if it wasn't for you. So I'm very appreciative this morning to come here and speak with you. But you know what this also tells us? Is that when a community comes together with purpose and design and commitment, they can do great things. They can do amazing things. And you, really, actually, the ministry that we do is because of ministry that you have. The, we are a part of the ministry of God Bible Chapel in that way. And I just wanna say thank you to all of you. Many of you are partners with us and we thank you so much for that partnership. We could not do it without you, that's guaranteed. So I just wanna take a moment and say thank you for that. So let's go ahead and pray. And then we'll get going. Lord God, we thank you for this time. We ask you to give me the words and the thoughts to express that which is, is important to you in this moment. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to be talking about community, but specifically today, we're going to be talking about the church as the body. The church as the body. I want you to turn to Ephesians chapter 1, if you got your Bibles. If not, we're going to read some seminal verses, seminal verses right from the beginning in Ephesians 1, verses 22 and 23. This is going to set the course for us, so I really want you to pay attention very earnestly to the words that are being said. And even more specifically, if I could have you focus on the three different people or maybe one of them is a group of people, I need you to focus on it because this is going to drive our conversation this morning. In Ephesians chapter 1, I read in verse 22, and it says, And he put, and he, who's he? He, in this conversation right here, is God the Father. He put all things under his feet and gave him as head. Who is his and who is him? That's Jesus Christ, the Son of God. The triune Godhead. so we start off with, and he, God the Father, put all things under his Jesus Christ feet and gave him, Jesus Christ, the head of all things to the church. So we're learning very quickly. He's setting up this metaphor as the body. And he's saying, listen, there is a bigger design to what is going on here. God the Father designed this thing. And he took his son who came down, put him as the head of the church, verse 23, which is the body. Everybody say body. Body. Is the body the fullness of him who fills all in all. See, what we have to understand right from the beginning is this. The church is not a place. The church is a people. Let me say this again. The church is not a place you go. The church is a group of people you're with. It's a community. It's a living organism. But it's actually been designed with purpose, with intention, with the goal, with the functionality that is completely and absolutely essential to God's plan in this world. And you're a part of that. Now man, I gotta tell you, this is good news. <clears throat> you know why this is such good news in my mind? Is because we need people, we love people. Turn to the person next to you and poke them and say, I'm so glad you're here this morning. <laughs> Turn the person to the person next to you on the other side and say, I'm not so sure about you. (laughs) Listen. Listen to me. You just did something that was pretty hard to do over the last year and a half. Have any of you ever heard the phrase six feet? Probably not, didn't mean much to you a year and a half ago. Six feet didn't mean much but it means a lot right now. And six feet was about trying to separate people. And let me assure you, that is what has happened in this world. Are you with me? We have divided. We have separated. And I can tell you, this is very sad. In many cases, it's divided the church. I'm so glad To be here and looking at this congregation, even first service. I can't believe the amount of people coming back to this place that's full of life and full of energy. This is what we were designed to do. Let me tell you, the pandemic stole something from us. It took something from us. It took out the humanity in life. We lost something in the pandemic. We lost the humanity. It's now it's either us or them. It's either us or them. We have divided. There has been this great divide that is happening. It's not inclusive. It's exclusive. It's not inclusive. It's exclusive. And we can make these exclusive accusations by just watching a person in the way that they interact in the sphere of six feet. God has called us to something much greater. God has called us to come together. As the body, we need to find that which is lost and what has been lost as a humanity in life. The difficulty is that when it comes to true community, it requires a commitment. There's a requirement for us to be in community together, for us to engage together with purpose. To just engage on Sunday morning doesn't require that much commitment, but if you really want to do something important, it requires commitment. Now, I fully am aware that in this audience, there's probably two groups of people. There's those of you who are regular attenders, or maybe, maybe you, you might even call yourself, I am a believer, somebody who believes, right? And I want to say this message, this series, man, I can't wait. I, I wish I could be here for all six weeks of this. This is going to be riveting for you to understand the greater purpose of what God has for you in your life. Now, if you're here for the first time or listening online for the first time, I just want to say this to you. Thanks for being here. Thanks for being a part of this. Thanks for connecting in this idea. And if you're here this morning, let me tell you, there is something for you here also this morning because we're talking about a life with design, a life with purpose, a life that has commitment but is part of a community, a true community that builds together. And so we're going to read through the... the most of the first chapter of Ephesians headed towards the verses that we've already read. That's where we're going to end up. But turn with me, if you don't mind, to Ephesians 1, chapter 3. Go right down to the beginning of the chapter and listen, please listen. The Apostle Paul left some breadcrumbs along the trail here. Some significant breadcrumbs that talks to us about the church as the body, but even more importantly, the bigger construct of what the church is about. Really the design that God the Father put in place. But not just the design, a calling. Something that he has called us to because there, it's not just designed, it's designed with purpose. Look at verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father, that's our first character, God and Father, God the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Son of God, God the Father, Son of God, two characters, who has blessed us. Say us. Us. Turn to your neighbor and say, he's talking about you right now. (laughs) All right, here we go. God the Father and our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us, plural, with Christ Jesus in every spiritual blessing in heavenly places, even... As he chose, say chose, chose us in him before the foundation of the world. This isn't a pandemic pivot. This is not a pandemic pivot. This is not something that, oh my goodness, let's get a napkin out and try and figure out how we're gonna do it. No, 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 no. This was designed before the foundation of the world, and it has a purpose that we should be holy and blameless before him in love. He, in love, verse 5, he predestined us. That word is hard to understand. Let me tell you what that word is. He determined, he designated, designated a group of us for adoption in himself as sons. How? How do we become into that sonship? Through Jesus Christ, according to the purpose, purpose, purpose. I mean, folks, we're dropping breadcrumbs here. There's design, there's purpose of his will. To the praise of his glorious grace with which he has blessed us through the beloved. Listen, if you're here and you don't know Jesus Christ, you don't believe, let me tell you, here's the part of the story that applies to you directly. God the Father designed this so intricately that he actually sent his son to enable humanity to engage in relationship with God. And the only way to do it is through Jesus Christ. John 14, 6 says, I am the way. Jesus, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man shall come to the Father except by me. That's what he's talking about. And if you're here today and you don't believe, or you're online and you don't believe, come talk to one of us that's been on stage here this morning. We would love to share with you. The good news. Well, let's keep going. Verse 7, in him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses. This is what we're talking about. According to the riches of his grace, which he lavished upon us, plural, in all wisdom and insight, making known to us, 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 plural, the mystery of his will. Holy cow, these aren't breadcrumbs. These are the full-on loaves that are being dropped down here. His will. He has a will. In fact, it says the mystery of his will according to his purpose. It's not just the collecting. It's not just the congregational collection on Sunday morning. That's the bottom rung. That's the bottom rung of the ladder. That's the bottom. Showing up on Sunday is stage one. We build from there according to his will, according to his purpose, which he set forth in Christ a plan. It's not on the back of a napkin. This was designed before the foundation of the world. There's a plan for what we're doing, the fullness of time, to unite. Say unite. Unite. Bring together all things in him, heaven and earth. We're going to jump to verse 15. Here we go. For this reason... Because of the plan, the will, the purpose, all this, the foundation of the earth, before, all the plan, all that, for this reason. Because I have heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and your love towards the saints. Say saints. I do not cease to give thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ and the God of our glory may give you the spirit of wisdom, wisdom, and revelation in the knowledge of him having your eyes enlightened that you may know what is the hope. Does this world need hope? This world needs hope. The hope of Jesus Christ that is embodied in the body. The bride of Christ. The body of Christ. The hope to which he has called you. Turn to your neighbor and say, He's talking to you right now. He's called you. What are the riches of his glorious inheritance? Let's go down to verse 22 because i got to keep moving here. Here's the key verses once again. And he put all things, all things, all things under his feet. Who's he? God the Father put all things under the feet of Jesus Christ and gave him the headship of He's already starting to give us the idea of the body over all things to the church, which is the body, in the fullness of him who fills all in all. What do we take away from this? Here's what we take away from this. This isn't a back of a napkin, oh my goodness, let's pivot, we don't know what we're doing. No, no, no. This actually is a plan that was established before the foundation of the world. So before we were even around here, God the Father was going, okay, here's what's going to happen. Here's how I'm going to activate the body. Jesus Christ is going to come down Through the redemption of our sins, those who believe become part of that community, that body, which we know as the church, and that body has purpose. It's not just the coming together in the formation so we can sit here and eat marshmallows and sing Kumbaya, as we would do at camp. That's not what this is. It's not about coffee in the hallway, There's actually something substantive happening here. It's not new. And here's what's funny. You look across the world nowadays and you know what you see? You see all these groups of people fighting for things, right? You know what they're trying to do? They're trying to fabricate, listen, they're trying to fabricate purpose. They're trying to fabricate purpose in a self-absorbed mentality And all they can do is actually collect a posse and then start pointing fingers. Because when the purpose is so small, all you can do is identify your enemy. God's purpose is much bigger. For God so loved the world. That's not exclusive. Exclusive. That's inclusive. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, which tells us this from the beginning, there's intelligent design, there's craftsmanship, provocative thought, engineering whatever word you wanna put and connect it with intelligent design is that when it was formed, all the pieces were put there and they were all on the table, they were all written out, all those pieces, but not just intelligent design. They were actually on purpose. Intelligent design with an intelligent purpose it's not, that it's not that they're just to come together. It's actually that they're supposed to function. They're, they're, they're supposed to do something. They are supposed to do something. Notice the plurality of my language. They, us, a group, not one, many, not singular, plural, many. There's a purpose in the body. And he gave us this beautiful picture of the body. Jesus Christ as the head. The community as the body. Which speaks of a symbiotic relationship. A relationship that is interconnected. You can see the movement. It took me hours to practice this. I want you to know. Like... You, can you imagine the amount of computations that are going through right now as I do this? Can you just, I mean, if I were to chew gum right now, I would fall off stage, right? That's how much is going on, but here's what it tells you. There's a head, Jesus Christ, and he is doing something. There's a body, a community, you, a community that's coming together. That he built and purposed. Purpose. You want purpose? You don't need to go reinvent your purpose or go find a group somewhere else. You want purpose? You'll find all the purpose you ever needed right here. You know why? It was designed by the creator. It was designed by God himself who created you. This isn't a 2020 pivot. This is a before the foundations of the world plan with a purpose. The the problem is that community requires commitment. This finger cannot function by itself. I am telling it what to do right now. I know it's hard to believe. I'm looking over here and it's still working. But that's what's happening. We are interconnected. It's a part of a system. It's a collective that is designed. It requires a commitment. It requires me to show up. It requires me to be a part of it. You know, if you said to me, Nate, hey, let's go biking. And I'm like, yeah, let's go biking. And I show up and I don't have a bike. What am I telling you? If I say to you, hey, let's go boating do you have a boat? That's called mooching. That's what that is. <laughs> like, that's not, that's not being committed. That's me. I'm just trying to find out because I want to go out on the water. You know what I'm saying? All right? If somebody says to me, if somebody says to me, hey, we're going to go out together. We're going to do this thing. I'll meet you at this place at this time. And then they don't show up. What does that mean? Community requires commitment. In order to go deep and do something of extreme purpose, there has to be a commitment. There has to be an understanding that there's going to be a supportive structure in which we're working together towards something. Now, in the day of, in the age of the pandemic, it's been kind of bizarre. I mean, I'll, I'll be honest with you; they threw the word e- ecclesiology, which is the the study of the church. But I I frankly think that the pandemic has changed our theological understanding of ecclesiology. And I would say that in history, the cross has been probably the single most representative item of the church. I would say nowadays, probably the couch is more representative. Because we we shut down, we went, we sat down in the couch. And we were watching and engaging. Now listen, having said that, you need to know, there are people that physically cannot make it to this space, and that's understood. There's people who physically cannot make it here, and I get that. But the couch does not speak of community. The couch speaks of comfort. And let me assure, let me assure you, in true beautiful community as God has designed it, comfort isn't necessarily a part of it. I mean, you guys know the story of Gideon with the torch and the lamp? There wasn't a lot of comfortable moments in that space. David going in front of Goliath, probably not super comfortable in that moment. The thing about being a part of a true community is it requires a commitment and it's probably not going to be easy. That's why the understanding of the interconnectivity and supportive behavior of all the structure is so important. Now as a person who works for Berea ministries and in our network, there's over a thousand churches, it is sad to see what the pandemic has done. It is sad to see our ministry is literally downstream from the church. And it is sad to say what's happened. I gotta be honest with you. I come here this morning, I see this many people in an audience. I haven't seen this many people in a group for a long time. And I just wanna say thank you for showing up. This first service before you was pretty much as full as this. This excites me. God's doing something here. He's bringing you together. He's calling you on purpose. He's saying, hey listen, don't go out there in the world and try and find purpose in some of these polarities that we're seeing, whether it's mask on, mask on. I mean, I could go through all the issues. It's not a, listen, there's a bigger purpose. God so loved the world. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, but it, we, we got to get off the couch. And the couch can be the physical couch. Maybe, maybe your couch looks like mine, you know. After you've been in the pandemic for so long, you know, you get that gnawing on the corner. <laughs> you know, like it's like there's gnawing. There's like scrapes on the wall where you had like numbers before you could get out. A friend of mine, a pastor of mine spoke to me about six months into the pandemic. I don't know if you can extrapolate and go back to that time. But man, our ministry was very difficult because the one thing we do, by the way, is bring a lot of people together from a lot of different places and put them in small confined spaces. That's what we do. Not really a great business plan in the middle of a pandemic. But he said to me, he asked me this poignant question. He says, Where are you finding your comfort? Wow. I don't know where you are in your world. I don't know what your couch is, but I'm not talking about your couch right now. I'm not talking about your couch. But what is it that is, you know what, it's time to let go of the couch. Whatever that couch is. There's so many churches across the space that right now it's crazy. I have dear friends of mine who are like, are you going to church? And these are people who love the church. Are you going to church? No, I watch church at 9 o'clock at night. In the morning I go biking. Like our habits have changed. And frankly, it's time to get the couch and put the couch where it belongs. It's time to get rid, of that which, which, get rid of that which is comfortable and engage into a community with purpose. God is doing something special among us. Frankly, I would say this. Coming out of a pandemic, as I look at the church, I feel like this is a watershed moment. I honestly feel like it's a watershed moment for you guys. I honestly feel like this right here, this series, is a moment in time. And the only question that will be asked probably 20 years from now is what in the world happened as we were coming up? Wow, look where we are 20 years from now. And they look back to this moment. To, these, to this series in Ephesians, these six chapters that were laid out to help us understand what the context of this community and what the commitment of this community could be. Here we're sitting in 2022, and I'm a part of a ministry called Berea Ministries, as you saw, that has grown since that inception. At one point in time, this congregation said, that camp is a good idea. And there were people who committed themselves to go up there and look at the land and to give funds And I'll be honest, there are people sitting in this congregation right here, right now who are still committed to giving funds and I say thank you. We could not do it without you. We understand completely the interconnectivity of what happens. We need each other. And this moment is watershed for you but just imagine if you can. Imagine if you can for a moment the impact of a community of a body designed on purpose for a purpose by God Almighty whose head is Jesus Christ, orchestrating, accomplishing his purpose, accomplishing his plan. Imagine the impact you could have I don't know where you are in your space, but over the course of these next several weeks, there's gonna be an amazing conversation to be had. Frankly, I wish I could be here. Because I think that this is gonna be the most beautiful invitation you've had for a long time. And it's gonna be polarity opposite of six feet. It's gonna be come. Come together. Let's join together. Let's do something with significant purpose. Let's do something that could change the world. Let's just follow the plan that was already laid out. Let's do that which we were called to do and the reason we come together every Sunday. God is doing something special. And in the end, this invitation is about you Accepting a community that is designed by God to reach a lost and dying world. That's our call. Let me pray for you. Lord God in heaven, we worship you. For you are God, the author and the finisher. The intelligent design that has been put into this is magnificent. The intelligent purpose, the purposing of what's going on with these people The church, not a building, not a place, but a people. The body, the purpose of this body working together in a symbiotic relationship, interconnected, beautifully designed with the craftsmanship of God Almighty to do that which you've called us to do, to reach a lost and dying world for you. We love you. We thank you in Jesus' name.